Is this thing on? KRNU Studios. Content warning. This episode of 93 Counties talks about suicide, which can be distressing to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Allison Schuster was determined. She was a talented female wrestler, dominating a sport that is often overlooked. By the age of 18, she had won two national championships, two national runner-ups, and collected eight All-American awards. Some coaches were not very well receptive of girls on the wrestling mat. There were negative comments made, such as, good match for a wrestler with a vagina. Better luck next time, try to come back and do better. And she did. She came back next year and beat that kid. She fought for her sport on and off of the mat, petitioning for high schools in her state to formally recognize women's wrestling, but never got to see her efforts fulfilled. Allison died a week before the NSAA Board of Directors voted unanimously to sanction girls wrestling in the state of Nebraska. Welcome to 93 Counties, a podcast about Nebraska and the people that call it home. I'm Emma Thurston. And I'm Gabe Hendricks. In this episode, a story of tragedy, loss, triumph, and recovery. Nebraska girls wrestling pioneer and Sarpy County's own Allison Schuster. Her personality was really big. If she was in the room, you knew it. That's Jamie Brown, Allison's mom. She lights up as she talks about her daughter. She had a smile that just, I mean, if you're having a bad day, her smile would would change all that. She was sassy and funny, intelligent, giving. She loved everybody. She just, she was huge. She just, her personality was just really big. Yeah, and anybody that came in contact with her didn't forget her. (laughs) Allison's father, Kirk Schuster, agrees. She always smiled. The kid always had a smile on her face, and she was positive, but she was mean out there in the wrestling mat. Allison's wrestling career began at nine, when she sat in on her younger brother's wrestling practice. She watched one practice with our friend Vito, who introduced the kids to wrestling, and she said, I can do this. I want to try it. So that's how she started at nine years old. From the start, Allison's competition was limited. Allison started wrestling when there was no girls wrestling. It was boys against girls. Um, There just weren't any girls in our area that were wrestling. Allison's stepmom, Jamie Schuster, chimed in. That's all she did. For years, that was the only option. During Allison's time as a wrestler, the state of Nebraska had still not formally recognized the sport of girls wrestling in most high schools. Allison was in an arena all on her own. Thinking grade school was kind of fun. I think parents and coaches just thought like, oh, it's kids having fun. And then you got to middle school, 
and then it wasn't fun anymore. And it was tough because boys would be like, you could almost see them kind of jabbing at each other, like, oh, you're going to kick her ass. You know, you're going to go up there. And then she won. They went back with their head down. And it was like, kind of became even awkward for a win for her. Allison's mom, Jamie Brown, mentioned a conversation the two had at a wrestling meet. I remember one tournament that we were at, and it was, she was facing boys, and they were just not nice to her. And at that point, it was really hard for her to establish herself and be recognized and, and be given the respect. And I remember having a conversation with her one time that I told her, I said, I want you to, for a minute, put yourself in their shoes. This is a, it's a male-dominated sport, and you're a female trying to come into it, and, and it's hard to break that barrier. And I said, imagine if you lost to him, how hard would that be? She's like, well, I wouldn't like it. I'm like, but would you be ridiculed? And she said, well, maybe they wouldn't take me seriously. And I said, okay, you're right. Put yourself in that boy's shoe. He's been wrestling probably the majority of his life. He's never had to wrestle a girl. What happens if he loses to you? What is he going to face? And she's like, he's probably going to get really criticized. And I said, okay, so consider that. If you beat him, I want you to be gracious. Show good sportsmanship. She's super competitive. Sometimes had a little bit of an attitude, but I think at the end of the day, once she got off the mat, she was always looking to be friends with people. It didn't matter who the opponent was. Allie was there to wrestle. We're not the parents that were cheering because your boy just lost to our daughter. We also weren't, you know, the ones that were mad because our daughter just lost to your son. For her, I think uh, it was just an opponent. But in the big picture, I think she always wanted to see other girls be able to wrestle other girls. Allison continued to compete against boys throughout middle school, becoming the first girl to place in metros in Omaha against boys. Without existing divisions of girls wrestling, she continued competing against boys into her sophomore year of high school when she qualified for the U.S. Olympic cadet wrestling team. Dreams of becoming an Olympian in sight, she and her family began traveling the country to compete at high schools where female wrestling had been sanctioned. Weekends, we would go down to drive to Texas. We'd wrestle in Texas on Saturday, Oklahoma on Sunday on the way home, and then be home that night. Through the Olympic cadet program, Allison and her family were able to travel internationally. She traveled to Sweden, where she competed against other female wrestlers from 27 other countries and trained with Swedish, Russian, and Japanese female wrestlers. Allison's life changed after suffering an injury while wrestling in Fargo, North Dakota. Going into her senior year, she injured herself. She tore both labrums in her hips in Fargo at nationals and had to have both hips anchored, said, I think I'm hanging up my wrestling shoes. I don't want to be crippled for the rest of my life. Walking away from a sport she committed so much time to was difficult, according to her parents. Allison still had a scholarship offer on the table, but declined due to the injuries she had endured throughout her career. She was offered a full-ride scholarship for her junior year to Oklahoma City University, and she accepted. And at the time, they were ranked number one or two in the nation for women's wrestling. The head coach changed, changed and then Allison uh, tore her labrums and just said, I, I don't want to wrestle anymore. Kirk says Allison began attending the University of Nebraska-Lincoln for a semester, but often found herself traveling back home 
instead of embracing college life. She then decided to come back to Omaha and go to Metro Community College where she received her Certified Nursing Assistant Certificate. From start to finish in jiu-jitsu and wrestling, Allison always was one that she would never quit something or never give something up until she hit a benchmark. Once she walked away from wrestling, uh, I think her life changed a little bit that if something frustrated her, she'd just walk away from it. She wasn't the same person she was when she was an athlete. If a job made her mad, she quit. If she didn't like something, she went down to Lincoln for one semester. She, you know, six weeks into it, didn't like it. She was home four nights a week. She came here, went to Metro, got her CNA, went to work in the hospital for about eight weeks, not very long. Then she joined the apprenticeship program with the electrician's union, and it was like that driving desire was back because she wanted to get through that apprenticeship program. So some of that old Allison was back, but I think a lot of it was gone. Allison began pursuing new aspects of the sport through refereeing and coaching in order to stay connected to wrestling. It's super rare to see a female ref. So, and she was part of a, a team of, of refs that would go to these tournaments and she was the only female. And so the cool thing about that is that like little girls would say, mommy, I have a girl ref. And then they'd find out about her history and what she did and became. And so she just had these absolutely adorable little kids looking up to her all, all the time. Allison was able to share her knowledge of the sport with younger female wrestlers as a referee. Allie learned a lot from some of the best refs in the state who would take their time to educate a young wrestler in the middle of a match. And so she started doing that. She would take them aside and she'd show them what they're doing wrong and give them advice on what to do. And uh, yeah, that definitely was all right, there's no girls in that. I'm going to see what I can do about that. Jamie said she spoke with four high school girls Allison coached who adored her. They have all told me that she's had a huge impact on them, both through the sport and in other aspects of life. And that doesn't surprise me. Allie just, she was a giver. And so they would talk about <laughs> um, just her shenanigans. She just was silly. Allison's dad, Kirk, said he looks back on her coaching career proudly, but also recognizes how much more she had to give. As a coach, she was passionate. She loved to share what she knew. When kids came off the mat and they weren't successful, she treated them, I think, the way she always liked to be treated, and that was with respect and, you know, not chastising when they come off the mat and not yelling at them. And she never truly knew her potential. Sometimes I don't think she believed everybody that would tell her how good she was, but she was very modest that way, I guess, about a lot of things. Allison's parents said they knew she struggled with the end of her wrestling career, but she didn't show how much. She had experienced some anxiety and some mental, other mental health um, issues from like her early teenage years on. And, you know, she, she saw professionals to help her through that. She developed some coping skills and uh, we all really thought that she was kind of on this good path, you know. Um, and she had her moments, um, but she 
also was very good at hiding whatever it is that she was battling. She was always very good at that. So it was hard to tell when she was struggling. On April 25th, 2021, Herc and Jamie's daughter, Allison Schuster, took her own life. Literally, I had a conversation with her on my way home uh, from, I had been out motorcycling in Kansas and I was driving home and she sent me a message about a wrestling coach that had committed suicide that morning. That was somebody that we had known for a long time. We were not particularly connected to this person, but we knew who he was. She sent me that message while I was driving home. So I called her while driving instead of texting back and forth. And we had a normal conversation. Uh, you know, she told me about it, what she had found out. And then we talked about what she had done all day. She went grocery shopping. She was working on school tests that she had on Monday, doing laundry. And she was supposed to play volleyball at seven o'clock that night. This day will never be gone from my memory. It was a beautiful day. And my routine is I get up early in the morning, and this is a Sunday morning, and I go to an early class at my gym. And then I would come home and I would check on her and Allie would sleep in a little bit. And when I got home, she was having breakfast and doing homework. We're both, she was doing her schoolwork. I'm in college too. So one of us was there, one of us was here. We were always kind of doing homework at the same time. And I came in and um, I was visiting with her. I was gonna try to get her to go to breakfast and she said I already ate. And uh, we chit chatted about, it was just a beautiful day. And I'm like, we should do something. And she said, well, I, I got this to do. I have some errands to run. Uh, she told me she was gonna play sand volleyball that night. And I said, um, well, I'd love to come watch you. And she said, well, let me find out if you can, because COVID was still an issue then. And I said, well, I, I have homework to do, and I have, um, I'm going to have dinner with a friend, uh, but I would love to come watch you afterwards. And she said, I'll text you and let you know. I had left to run a few errands, and on my way back, I passed her leaving. And she didn't even look at me. So I, it, didn't, it didn't totally surprise me, it's more of retrospect that I noticed that she didn't look at me because I was like looking at her like, hey, there you go. And I came home and I got ready and I went uh, I met my friend. Jamie said when she came back, Allison's truck was in the driveway. It's like, oh, she, she never called me about volleyball. Okay, maybe that just means I couldn't come. Jamie said she went downstairs to find Allison to suggest they go on a walk and enjoy the weather. And I saw the bathroom door was closed, but I could hear the fan was on, so I figured she was in the shower. And then as I got closer, um, I realized the shower was off, um, but the fan was still on and I knocked on the door and she wasn't answering. And I knocked again and I thought maybe she's just not hearing me, the fan's kind of loud. And um, so then I tried the door, and um, when I opened the door, I found her. Kirk said the letter she left for her family was brief. Honestly, we don't have a lot of answers. The suicide letter from Allison was uh, very vague. It was, I can't handle the pressure of life, which we're very close. We were all very close, and we don't understand what that means. 
we don't understand what that pressure was. We know Allison was financially stable. We know that her job was good. She had a newer relationship that uh, by all accounts appeared to be good. Uh, so we really don't know. For years, Allison fought for women's wrestling to be formally recognized as a sport in Nebraska. Her efforts came to fruition only after her death. A week after Allison passed away, the State Athletic Commission approved women's wrestling in the state of Nebraska. So something from 9 to 21, she tried to help make happen. It finally happened after she passed away. However, her efforts were not in vain, as her legacy lives on throughout the wrestling community. She was just a huge mouthpiece for wrestling. She always wore USA Wrestling gear. She always was at wrestling events. Since Allie passed away, so many younger parents or parents of younger kids have come up to us and said, our daughter wrestles because Allison was there, because she took the time to show them that it was okay. Since her death, Allison's mom, Jamie, has stepped in as an assistant coach for Allison's past team, the Monarchs. You know, I didn't know much about wrestling at all until she got involved. And, you know, I just learned through watching her and her explaining things to me and going to practices with them. And even then, I I would never tell you I was well-versed in it. And then this year, I was asked to help coach. The high school coaches came forward and asked me if I would be an assistant. I thought they were joking. I'm like, you guys, I, I, I don't, I'm not a coach. And they're like, okay. And I said, I don't. I didn't wrestle. They're like, okay. And I said, are you serious? And they said, yes. We we don't need you to know the technicalities. We need you to just be a part of the team and help the girls. And we just think you're a natural fit. Jamie saw firsthand how great Allison's impact was on the wrestling community. It was so awesome to see how far this, the female aspect of wrestling came in a really short period of time. I was able to see her spirit in all of the events that we went to and the girls, there were so many girls that knew her and there were girls that were wearing socks that had her name on it or some of the girls had singlets that had her memorial emblem on it and it just was overwhelming. Like, again, I'm reminded of how big she was and really what she did for the sport in the state. There were moments it was very surreal. It was just so awesome to see how she contributed in the state of Nebraska. Allison's dad, Kirk, has started a nonprofit memorial foundation in Allison's name to also help keep her legacy alive. It's an all-female-owned company. Basically, we're, we have three missions that we're focusing on. One is women's wrestling, one is women electricians, and the third one is mental health. And so with women's wrestling, uh, instead of getting behind one athlete or one gym, we're trying to get behind a group of them. We're trying to promote this. So we put on a wrestling clinic at Scott Catholic High School. We had an Olympic coach and a bunch of national team members of Allison's from the past came in and were clinicians. But we took and spent about $2,000 and bought 28 girls wrestling singlets that are custom to Allison. The electrician stuff, Allison was a second year apprentice going into her third year. There were four other girls in her class. So we chose to buy the books for all four of those girls, which was about $500 each. And then the mental health piece, uh, 
we've really kind of uh, ramped that portion up tremendously. Both of us uh, go to a therapist that specializes in cops and firefighters. With that, we've become affiliated with quite a few therapists, psychologists in this area. And so what we've been working very hard to do is getting people to talk. Talking is something that Kirk says is necessary for anyone who is struggling. Something had a vice on Allison that made her make this choice. We don't know what it was. We don't know why she wouldn't talk or why she didn't talk, but we really want to try to get people to know that it's okay to be in a dark place because this turned our entire lives upside down. The kids are our lives. They are the reason we get up and go to work every day. And so we were very shook up. We reached out for help. We've been very open about our journey and the struggles that we've had. We just want to keep doing things good in her name and take a bad thing and turn it into a good thing. Jamie is also working through the passing of her daughter by taking a bad thing and turning it into good through coaching. It was a gift. I, I think this opportunity came around because it was supposed to. For me to be able to connect with these girls through a sport that my daughter was a pioneer in, in the state of Nebraska, for me to learn more about it, for me to talk about her, for me to listen to girls talk about her, uh, and to be engaged in the sport, it, it's been an absolute gift for me. And I feel like I got more from doing this than I gave. It, it just, it was very healing for me. It was very powerful. Allison's legacy continues to live on through her impact within the wrestling community. I truly wish that I had something I could show you that you, you could connect with her personality because her 21 short years was big. And I think that that, I think that was her story. I think that was her story. It was to come in this world in a big way and be big and be impactful. I just think that was supposed to be her story. <laughs> yeah, and she fulfilled it by all means. This episode was hosted, reported, and produced by Emma Thurston and Gabriel Henricks in collaboration with Advanced Audio Content Creation and 90.3 KRNU. 93 Counties is a KRNU production from the College of Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thanks for listening.